This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. Hey, bestie, it's Cami Crawford. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in every Friday for new episodes. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. Happy Friday. Today's episode, I'm so excited that we're finally talking about this. You know, we've talked about toxic relationships on the podcast before with this same guest, but today we are back with a highly requested episode to talk about toxic family relationships with our girl, Lisa Smith. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and TikToker at So My Mom's a Therapist. You guys loved her so much. We had to have her back. And I'm just excited to dive deeper into this topic and like get some, you know, you know, I got a lot of advice, but I, you know, I love to have a professional on board. Okay. Cause sometimes we need a professional, we need professional help and it's Friday. So like, why not? Okay. So before we get to that, two housekeeping things, number one, so sorry that last week's episode with Cyrus had the audio problems. It was not Cyrus's fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. Like we're just, you know, we're still roaming. Okay. We are about to hit a year of relationship y'all. I cannot believe it's insane. It's insane to think that a year, almost a year And we have so many of you who listen. When you guys come up to me in public and tell me that you listen, it is the highlight of my day. It makes us so happy. So thank you so, so much. But wanted to apologize for that. We're going to have Cyrus back because honestly, they're my new favorite person and we just have to. But also because I want you guys to get that good tea and energy that they had on the podcast that day. Second thing, I want to have a quick talk with you guys about, you know, the ads on the podcast. Listen, I know how much we all want to skip the ads and get to the show. I get it. I get it. Because when I listen to podcasts, I'm like, oh, really? This is what I have to listen to to get to the meat. I get it. But the relationship sponsors are really, really important to me. I love the brands that we talk about on the show or that I get to talk to you guys about or share with you. Because to be honest, y'all, now you know me. I'm a real bitch. I turn down a lot of ads. I turn down a lot of ads, especially ones that I know that just won't resonate with y'all. Like I care about you guys way more than I care about ad revenue, even though ad revenue is what keeps the podcast free and all that shit. And like, I I get it. I get it. But I want to make sure that 
I'm supporting my sponsors. I want for you guys to also check them out and be supporting them too because they mean a lot to me. And I love that I get to have sponsors on the podcast that I genuinely use and love and feel that you will too. So, you know, if you haven't supported yet, I would love for you guys to give at least one sponsor a chance and let me know what you think. Okay. DM us at relationship. That's the best way for me to be able to see, like, did you buy that sweater that I recommended? Did you start using those water supplements? Like, did you try those vitamins? It means a lot to me to know. And also just like to know what you guys like, because I feel like I know y'all and I feel like we know each other. But you can be like, you know, Cammy, I'm not really rocking with these, but like, I really love these or like would love to see more discount codes for this. Like, I need that feedback and I love that from y'all. So I just want to say that because I know and I, I, <laughs> I hear you. OK, I hear you. And I listen. We listen here. I just had to come on and say that because I really fuck with the sponsors that we use. And I want to make sure that you guys do, too. That's all I care about. Anyways, friends, let's get to the show. It's going to be a good one. It's a deep one, but you know, we, we still keep it fun on this motherfucking show. <laughs> I don't know why I said motherfucking show, but you know, I like to curse. Whatever. Lisa Smith, here we go. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your girl, Cammy Crawford. Welcome back to Relationship. And today, rejoining us on the pod, we have Lisa Smith, licensed marriage and family therapist and TikToker at So My Mom's a Therapist. Lisa, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Honestly, our last episode, I loved it so much because I just feel like, you know, we talked about toxic relationships and we had so many people write in. We do from week to week. Like people are always writing in about their toxic relationship situations when it comes to romantic relationships. But today we're talking about toxic family relationships, <laughs> which I'm sure as a licensed marriage and family therapist, <laughs> you hear a lot. The abundance. Yeah. The abundance of it. Yes. I mean, I am still, you know, I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy for two years now. And just this week, my therapist was like, we're going to have to start unpacking some of your family stuff, like with my biological father. And I was like, have I made it to that? Have I, have I unlocked this part now? Are we there? I'm like, are, are we sure? Like, are, which is crazy because I feel like when people first hear about therapy who haven't been to therapy, I was talking to my cousin about this and she was like, I don't know if I want to like dive into all that deep stuff. And I'm like, a lot of times you don't dive into the deep stuff right away. Absolutely not. You don't start there. Some people, and this is why a good therapist is going to kind of gauge, do you want to talk about something? Do we want to go right in there? Do we want to dive into the deep end? Or do we really need to take time and just get to know each other and build trust? Because it's a genuine relationship. Mm. My biggest tool is a genuine relationship and that you trust me and you know that I'm not full of BS and that we're going to develop and learn to trust each other. And that allows us then to go into the deep end. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's no way around growing up and cultivating other relationships outside of your home without looking into how your relationships were inside of your home. Absolutely. They can't, they cannot be separated from each other. One of the things that I'll say to my clients a lot is 
you come out of your home subconsciously, it's not something that we're conscious of, with the, they say to you, they basically they're saying, this is what it looks like to do life. This is your table setting. This is where the silverware goes. This is where the cup goes. And you come out with a table set of this is what it means to do life. This is what it means to be a woman or a mom or a dad. And, they, and you have it set. What we don't realize as we get older, we get the ability, and this is what therapy is, is a chance to look at that table and say, do I want to change any of it? Mm -hmm. And when I do have a family, if I choose to have a family, how do I want to say, this is the table I'm going to give to you, and then you get the same opportunity. Yeah, because, I mean, trauma in families runs through generations. And I think now that I'm becoming, well, not becoming, I'm a grown-ass bitch. Now that I'm an adult, <laughs> I'm like, but now that I'm growing more into my adulthood, I'm realizing that people in my family are just human beings. And that's a scary realization to make. Like, your mom is a woman. Your dad is a man. And like, your grandma is just another, a per like a person. These are just people who have had life experiences. And sometimes it's not all their fault why they can or cannot provide certain emotions or love or, you know, there's, you can't, it's hard to try to come up with something that you never had or never saw. And I think it's a conscious effort to change things. What do you think about that? Well, you know, you brought up a good point. And I would call that like a both and is this place as we get older that we can look back see that they're human mm -hmm. and you look back and say how look at how they were raised and so I can look back and say I can have a lot of compassion and understanding mm -hmm. for the way you are the mistakes you made and at the same time I can also leave space to say that was awful yeah. or that was wrong or that shouldn't have happened and I can leave both at the same time because if it's all compassion then it often overrides or trumps our experience where our body might bend that was like fucked up mm -hmm. and it should not have happened and so we want to be able to start to cultivate both and be able to hold both yeah yeah and I feel like there are so many situations where people either go all one way or all the other way that's right and I think that that in itself is toxic for yourself it's kind of toxic for you to say, oh, everything that my mom did, she was just a person and she just, she's had a really hard life. And like, what about you? And then it's also hard to be like, you know what, fuck them. They did this to me, da, 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 like not including the fact that, you know, they might have also experienced trauma. Right. And that's where we notice our own growth is to be able to hold a balance of those two. Mm -hmm. You're right. Anything on the extremes of either of those, we're going to lose that sense of health, yeah. that healthiness, and being able to arrive to a place that says, and today, where I am in present time, that's up to me. Yes. What I do with it going forward is up to me. If I live stuck in the past, then I have myself stuck in a blaming or a victim mentality that doesn't say that you possibly could be a victim. That can still exist at the same time. What you do with it today moving forward, that's our responsibility. Mm. How often would you say that clients come to you? And do you say clients when you have like Therapy. Is it a therapy client? I do. I mean, I don't call them client. I mean, I don't say to their face, hello, client. I know. I'm like, <laughs> now I'm thinking, does, my th does uh, Kelly um, think I'm a client? No, you know, I, you know, I genuinely am. I'm genuinely fond of my clients. Yeah. And so I just care for them. So it feels weird to, yes, yes. but they are the people that I see. Yes. Oh, I don't want to think that my therapist calls me a client. 
you know, and then I wouldn't go there. I actually had I had one of my clients. They do find me on TikTok every now and then. And I always know because they come into the office and they go, so uh, funny thing happened this week. And I'm like, uh oh, here, here we go. Here we go again. And one of them who's a college college kid I've been seeing for about five years. And she said, I didn't like seeing you on TikTok. And I said, why? And she said, because I was getting to hear like what you think in the back of your head, psychologically, the framework and how you think. And she said, I never see that. I mm. see you just interacting. She's like, I've always known you were doing stuff, mm. but I didn't like hearing what you were doing. Oh my God. And I was like, then don't watch it. Yeah, just block me. You want me to block you? Block me. <laughs> I don't know. If my therapist showed up on my TikTok, I think I would, I'm sure your clients feel the same way. And I, I wonder if therapists know that like, I'm so invested in my therapist's life. I want to know <laughs> everything about her life but she doesn't tell me anything about her life. I know. And I want to know so badly. <laughs> I want to know so badly. I have a friend who was like, I knew I had to break up with my therapist when I started asking her questions about her baby shower. <laughs> I was like very invested in what she was doing for her baby shower. You no, know, I think it's more, it's very common, but that's also a testament to the genuine care. Mm -hmm. And the therapy relationship is such a unique relationship because with friends, there is a sense of it goes both ways. Yeah. And then you get in this therapeutic relationship where you know they are invested in your life. They genuinely care about you. They want, they're the, your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, sometimes it hits of like, but I don't know anything about you. Yeah. Like I want something. So believe, So therapists feel differently about this. I will often disclose little things intentionally, depending on the particular client, mm -hmm. that I give them what they need, which is a sense of like, okay, you are genuine. I know who you are. Mm -hmm. So I will give them a few things that also help balance that out a little bit. Yeah. But not, but don't rupture or threaten our therapeutic relationship. But to your, I actually had a client on Tuesday who said, can you just tell me where you meet your friends and have a glass of wine? Can I just happen to show up there? Can oh. I just? And I said, that is one of the biggest compliments because what does that tell you? And she said, because I just know we'd have fun outside yeah. of here. And I was like, girl, damn girl, we would have so much yes. fun outside of here. <laughs> we would have the best time. But I want, I want to tie that though to what we're talking about with parent relationships because what you get from a therapist or what you should be getting is someone who says, I unconditionally care about you. Mm. I am not judgmental. I am here to help you navigate life, which believe it or not, is what our little bodies need when we're growing up. Mm. And often we don't get that from our parents. And so often what's left over in our adult life is how do I learn how to cultivate an internal parent that has two qualities? They have to be both nurturing and loving and protective. Mm. And if we haven't gotten that growing up or parts of it we're missing growing up, that is what we need to cultivate inside of us. And the therapist just kind of gives us a little boost of what it looks like to have somebody who is on our side helping us out no judgment, genuinely yeah. cares about us. And we get a feel of that, or we should be getting a feel of that. Yeah. Maybe. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. How many times do you get people that come to you with family trauma, toxic situations up front versus how many times do you get people who throughout the course of sessions, it comes out that like things that they're dealing with, maybe in career or in other relationships, that it the root of it is family. Right. Because I'm a marriage and family therapist, I do get my share. Because I specialize in teenagers and 20-somethings, you know, that always is based in family. Mm. You know, I'm always, I rarely just see an a child or a teenager without being able to talk with the parents. It, it, it mm. is a family system. Even if they came in not for family issues, it's assumed. I, yeah. I see it. I use analogies a lot. Visuals stick with me. But it is a tree. We are all like a tree. And those roots, what we see now, what's coming out of your life now as an adult, 
fundamental are the branches. What am I producing? The tree, the fruit, the leaves, the health of the tree. But the health of the tree is rooted, and those roots are all from childhood. So mm. whether you think we're going there or not, we're going there at we're some going. point. I will take my time. I am not in a hurry. This is where my Mediterranean blood is like, I will, we can take years, but we will go there. Yes. Somewhere. Oh my God. It's, it, it is scary to do though. And yeah. so, you know, today we have a bunch of people who wrote in with their stories and obviously, you know, this is probably going to be a heavier one, folks, because I'm sure there, you know, people are dealing with some things, but I think it's good. Yeah. Sometimes it is hard to talk about, but it's good at the end of it. Like you feel so much better. Yeah. Fran, I don't know about you, but for me, when I need like a creative boost in my day, sometimes retail therapy is like the best way to do that. And your style is constantly evolving. So it's time that your glasses start keeping up too. With pair eyewear, changing your frames is easier than ever. Just snap on a new design to transform your look whenever the mood strikes. One pair, endless possibilities. Because who says glasses have to be boring? And you guys see me all the time on Catfish. I love to rock a new frame. And the amazing thing about pair is that you can literally take one gorgeous style and change it into a million different colors if you want to. Not literally a million, but you know what I mean. Now, I personally have the Wandas, which are really, really cute, like cat eye frames. And what I love about Pear is that you can do the virtual try-on sessions that let you sample their wide variety of frames and shapes right from your computer. And there are so many different lens options. Blue lights, sunglasses, readers, light responsive lenses, and more. Life is short, so why not change things up? With Pear, you get a great pair of glasses at a great price. And they make glasses fun. Swapping out frames is a snap, literally, thanks to the magnetic tops. Just choose a new top, remove the old one, and snap on a new design into place. Easy as that. Get glasses as ever-changing as you are with Pear. Go to PearEyewear.com slash Cami for 15% off of your first purchase. That's 15% off at P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com slash Cami. All right, now that we're seeing clearly, let's get back to the podcast. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Bring it. All right. This one says, Anonymous, please. A few years ago, I let my sister move in with me so that we could strengthen our bond. She took a job in my city with that goal as well. Three months in, she didn't pay rent, wouldn't share groceries, even though I shared everything, and flirted with my fuck buddy. Still don't know if they ever hooked up. She physically fought me when I told her that her actions, especially with the fuck buddy, were disrespectful and inappropriate. She said, you knew he was trash. Maybe, but I didn't think she was. After I called her out, my sister gaslit me and told my family members that I was crazy. Even though the fuck buddy confirmed she made moves on him and I witnessed her flirting. I haven't spoken to her in years. My family belittled the whole situation and said that they can't believe that she would do that. Should I get over it? Dick is a dime a dozen, but snake behavior is a no-no for me. Wow. For me, as a sister, as a big sister, this is, this, that's a heavy one. Because right, right. I can't, imagine not having a relationship with my sisters, but I know so many people who don't have relationships with their siblings or it's difficult to have relationships with their siblings. Not necessarily because of shit like this, because that's, that's, I don't know. 
What do you think? Right. I mean, this is such a hard situation. And you can, I almost feel like I could just hear her hurt. Mm -hmm. that, that hurt. And not only that, it is the loss of what she was hoping for, which is the hope was she'd move in and we'd strengthen our relationship. And that hope of like, oh, I could have something really good. Yeah. And I think that's almost the hardest part is when we get excited and hopeful for something that could be really good or this really bonding sibling. And not only is it not neutral, it is now something that feels like I've let you into the safe place and now you've turned around and kind of like stabbed me mm -hmm. in a place where I became more vulnerable and, and more open. So I think that that hurt has to be addressed. The last part is what got me, though. Should I just get over it? And that's why I would say, doll, you can't just force yourself to get over something. What I would actually do is move towards that pain and validate that pain, that part of you that is right now hurt and crushed. Sometimes we think because of how much time has gone by, like just get over it. It doesn't work that way. Mm. You know, it doesn't work that way in romantic relationships. So can you start by just giving yourself permission to be hurt? And I'd actually move towards that hurt. The reason why family relationships too tend to sting more than others is because they often touch what I'd call as the little girl or the little boy in us. Mm. It, it is, it's what she longed for growing up. Was this a sister that you idolized and looked up to? Was yeah. this one that you were protective and you had under your wing? So it's not just you as an adult. It's like this little girl in you. And I would say she needs to be tended to. Now, I am making myself sound like a therapist. That is such no, a therapist I thing to No, I love it. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but it's true. It's it true. Is. It, it is. And that's why I'd say don't, if you try to move past it, then what you're doing is it's kind of like a child who's crying and hurt and you're like, come on, get on with it. Mm. Move on. Get over it. No, no, no. You get down on your knees mm. and you hold them and you go, I know this is so painful. I know you. it was so hard. And give yourself permission not to get over it for a moment. Why do I want to cry? <laughs> <laughs> I feel very emotional about this. But like, does it, there's, what, what does, it, does it touch something for you? Yes, because like it's true. Like yeah. we we do it to ourselves every day, all the time. We'll be going through something and we'll be like, just get over it. Like, just don't think about it. Just keep going. When yes. in reality, like, no, like you can experience hurt the same, and, or you'll be like, I'm grown. I'm not a child. Like, but there's a part of you that is. Absolutely. And you have to nurture that. Absolutely. And part of growing up as an adult is creating a muscle, building a muscle. It's not easy. That is a very tender, nurturing, protective adult that can even go and like, and I know this sounds a little crazy, but go and kind of sit with that child and be like, I see you. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Right. And tend to them in that way. Yeah. What about advice as far as, I mean, her other family members are not listening to what she's saying and thinking that you know, the sister couldn't possibly be capable of something like this. And then the sister. Right. I don't even know. I don't know what can be done as far as that if they're not listening. So and that, that's where I would start. If you noticed, I didn't go right to that because mm -hmm. if that's already how they believe, we need to assess first and say, can they hear me? Mm. If they can't hear me, then can I value myself enough to say, if I say something, it's only going to be for my value and my benefit because they're not going to be able to hear. If they're not even willing to be like, help us understand where you're coming from. We want to hear your side. And it doesn't sound like her family is. They're just yeah. like, your sister wouldn't do that. Well, that lets you know you don't have a voice there. Mm -hmm. So if from that point, then you need to say, is there anything I want to say or do for my benefit? Do I want to go back to my family and say, this is really hard. When you say something, I would do a track back. When you say something like that, it makes me feel like I'm not valued or I don't matter. Mm. And that's the mo And I would do that only for my own benefit, not to get some kind of response, response out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so hard. My encouragement to, okay, relationships are about practice. 
And so this is one of those as hard and painful. It is, okay, note for next time, what would I do different? Would I make sure before she she moved in that we were like, all right, let's communicate really strongly. Let's give this a probationary period if this doesn't work after a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. right? Also, we don't know her history with her sister. If it was tumultuous, you know, maybe having like a middle step before moving in. Yeah. Right? But again, I would, again, give yourself grace to say, okay, what, as hard, as painful as that was, what did I learn from this as well? Yeah. Oh, something my therapist told me this week in our session. She was saying, we were talking about something different, but similar as far as like family. And she just said, I was just saying like, well, what if I get hurt? And she's like, well, you can't escape hurt. And being vulnerable doesn't always work in your favor, but it is your truth. I could have slammed the laptop shut because <laughs> we do virtual sessions. I was like, Kelly, that's so fucking deep and true. Because sometimes when you share how you feel about something with your family, even with your family, yeah, sometimes your family are, could be like your biggest ops. Like sometimes the family can be the people who are contradicting you the most and who are coming at you the most. Right. But you can still share how you feel for yourself. For, for your benefit. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to healthy relationships, too, even in family, is I like to use concentric circles. Concentric circles are circles within circles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think, but just because they're family, they need to be in that innermost circle where they know everything. They're the closest to me. They're the most, we're the most vulnerable with them. That's not always the healthiest. And I like the concentric circles of where we can move our friendships. The most inner one being our most disclosed, our most raw. They know everything about me outside being like an acquaintance where you see someone and you're like, okay, I know them. They know me. We don't really know each other. Mm-hmm. But families, we don't get to choose. Yeah. And because we don't get to choose them, it feels like they're forced on the inside. And I would say, well, let's give ourselves more than just two options. Either I'm fully like raw and they know everything about me and it's toxic or I feel like, again, it's not a safe place for me or I cut them out of my life altogether. Mm. We can move family into different circles, which says I can be caring and loving and still set boundaries to protect myself. Yeah. I can be vulnerable. I can share in a way that also makes me feel that I'm not putting myself in a place where I'm going to get lit up or gaslighted. Yeah. Mm. Well, hopefully that helps, boo. But it's a tough one. I don't know about the fuck buddy anyway. Something about it is... I don't know about them. They seem like guilty by association. I don't know. I might have to get a new one. Well, in- interesting enough, though, that 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 didn't bother me as much. Yeah, Do you no, know? Do you not know? at all. Because the fuck buddy isn't, if, if that's truly what it is, that has nothing emotional. Yeah. That's not an emotional thing. This has an emotional investment with sister. Yeah. yeah. So that's loaded. Yeah. No, I was like, fuck him. Who cares? <laughs> Let's talk about your sister. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, here goes the next one. All right. Hey, girl. First off, I love your podcast and your facial expressions give me life. Thank you. I recently have been dealing with a fallout with my parents, and I'm hoping that you can give me some guidance. I'm 29 years old with a beautiful girlfriend and two fur babies. Prior to this current relationship, two exes ago, I was with someone for six years. Fast forward to today, she still manages to have a relationship with my parents. Throughout the years, I vocalized that I have an issue with the relationship my ex has with my parents to her as well as to my mom. Since I feel disrespected by their relationship, I've chosen to stop talking to my parents as long as they continue having a relationship with her. Should I continue taking a step back away from my family? 
I'm not really sure what is a healthy way to go about this. I appreciate your words. Can I just point out, I mean, if I were to talk right right to her, I would say, doll, I'm so proud of you. Like, Mm. I'm proud that you were able to communicate and articulate to your parents to say, I'm not okay with this. This is not okay with me. I don't like that you guys are that close. Yeah. Right. And to be able to articulate it, sometimes we don't articulate, we just react. Yeah. Right. We're just passive aggressive or it's leaking out. And she was able, it sounds like, to really articulate to them. This is I'm uncomfortable with this Mm -hmm. and I don't like this. And again, this hits so deep. We're back down. You're going to get say we're back down to that. Like our young girl, because what is it uh, that young child? What does a young girl want from her parents? I mean, love and (laughs) adoration. Absolutely. I choose you. Yeah. I want you. We are the most proud of you. Yeah. And this one, again, hits so deep at that little girl who's almost like they're like, well, she's like, I, I want to be first. I want to get your attention. And her little heart, that little girl heart is wanting to say, oh, oh, if it, if this is hurtful for you, not don't mind her. We got you. Yeah. We love you. You matter to us. And yeah. so as long as her little heart's not getting. Yeah. Yeah. I it's always strange to me. Well, because obviously when you're in relationships with people, you should become close and like, you know, with their family and friends and like you want you want to be a part of their world and i think that's a beautiful thing but when that relationship ends i feel like those outside those what would you call it and ancillary what's the word ancillary child i don't know the word but you know what i mean those relationships that are a result of my relationships yes. are no longer your relationships yes. except for like friends i don't care about that if you're still cool with some of my friends i guess whatever if you guys are really that close, I don't want to, though, have to go to drinks on a Friday night and you're there with my friends. That's not appropriate to me. Right. But as far as like my parents, my family, like, I don't know. I've had relationships end where the person has gone back to my family and been like, I'm in love with her. I need you to talk to her for me. And I'm like, they're not your allies. They're my allies. These are my people. I need them. They're on my side. But in situations where it's not like that, where it doesn't feel like they're your allies, it feels like they're actually your opposition, that I think is so sad. Like it would make me really sad. That I love that word you use because that is what our human nature wants. Our, we are wired in a way that we want allies. Mm-hmm. We want our places that feel safe. Yeah, Allies are safe. Allies are your ride or die. Yeah, I love I got I love the people in my life. They're right or die. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. you're like same. I, I got your back no matter what. Yeah. You, you say the name. I will come all dressed in black. Yeah. We will go Done. like we write right? it on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need those people. Those are my people. Yes. And I love also arming up and being that person for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah, we are. We are in this. I get chills when I talk about this. Yeah. Because that's what we long for from family. But because we don't get to choose family, sometimes we have it mm. and sometimes we do not. Mm-hmm. And when we do not, that's where it strikes a nerve. If something feels like this is wrong. It feels like it's wrong. And it is. We feel like in in out, extracurricular, outside relationships. Yeah, see, I don't know. I can't think of, I'm thinking, and, and you know, I'm, I'm so ancillary. glad that we're two educated people that can't Anc- come up I with this know. word. Women in STEM, right? <laughs> Ancil- ancillary. Ancillary? <laughs> Google that shit. We I'm just get, making no, shit up. But, I'm just but, making a word. But we, it feels in our hearts like we should be the gatekeeper mm-hmm. between our family, our nuclear family, and that person that we used to be in relationship with. So if they're like, if it doesn't bother us, we're like, yeah, knock yourself out. Yeah. Like, that's okay. But we feel like we should be the gatekeeper. And when she's saying, no, 
no, I'm not comfortable with this. And the family still chooses to do it. Again, there's that track back. When you continue, and this is what I would encourage her to say, when you continue to talk to them, it makes me feel like I don't matter. Mm. Like I'm not important or my words have, do not have value. Yeah. Right. And it, to, this is where everybody's different. That I heard her say, should I keep doing this? That is up to her. Mm-hmm. Because if I were to sit, be sitting with her and say, no, you need to go back and repair with your parents, that little girl inside of her might be, her, might head, her head might be like, okay, the therapist said I need to go back. And that little part of her that is so wounded is like, fuck no, I'm not going back. Don't make me, we are so yeah. hurt in here. Yeah. So I would not tell somebody, what I'd say is, let's tend to that part of you that's hurt. What is that little girl struggling with? Mm-hmm. Because if we're going to go back, then we need to make sure we feel protected and nurtured as we move back. Mm. But that may not be what's best for her. Yeah. Right. And so that's where I would say we got to tend to the whole part of her rather than force ourselves to do something. Because I still think that little girl in her would just throw a tantrum or, or like dig her feet in. Yeah. If her little girl's anything like my little girl, yeah. we dig our feet in. <laughs> Same. But I'm wondering as far as the ex, like, I'm sh- I mean, she said that she's talked to the ex before and told her that she's not comfortable with this. But I sometimes I don't know. I my Libra moon gets in the way every single time because I try to see both sides of everything. So I feel like, you know, there's a chance where maybe the ex doesn't have a good family life. And maybe this is the first family that she's had and she feels really attached to them and like, yeah, OK, whatever. You lost it. You lost it in the divorce. That's how it happens. It's people have to be allocated for certain things. And like, this is this girl's parents. So you don't you don't get to just hang on to them just because you're attached to them in that way. Absolutely. And again, here's one of those situations in life to say there are going to be things in life you do not have control over. Mm -hmm. So then we go back to what do I have control over? But if this was, I won't call her client, if this Mm -hmm. was somebody in my office that I was very fond of, I would want to work and say, what makes me sad, though, is that you really adore and love your parents and it feels like you lost them over this. So mm. let's see if we can if we can tend to that little girl and let's see if we can bring some healing so that you feel like you haven't lost something that really is important to you. Yeah. And that's where I'd go. Yeah. And tell your ex to back the fuck off. That's right. Bestie, it's the freaking weekend, okay? And I know you already got that sneaky link lined up. If you're anything like me, I know you already got the plans made. You already sent that risky text. And I know this for a fact because I've seen your DMs and your text messages. Filthy, filthy, filthy place. Also very intriguing. Love to see it. But I had to make sure that you were all set up for the weekend. So that is why I am back with our favorite sex care brand, Woo More Play, to talk about how to have the best sex of your life, okay? Now, not only do they have the Woo Freshies wipes that you can use before and after sex that are made with coconut water and smell fucking amazing, they help you feel confident and fresh, especially after a quickie in the middle of the day. Now, you can put these anywhere, in your bag, in your car, whatever it may be, but you have to try Woo's Coconut Love Oil. It's made with all natural and organic coconut oil, and even though we use it for everything like foreplay, sex, massages, whatever, it's also edible. It tastes like vanilla cupcakes, no joke. Highly recommend testing that one out for yourself. Woo also has new couples card games with prompts and questions created to bring you and your partner closer than ever. Like really dirty prompts paired with really deep questions. We know we love duality, so I'm obsessed. And it's called Nightcap. Isn't that so cute? Now, whether you choose to use Woo More Play with yourself or with a partner, I just want to make sure that you're living your best life, you know, and having the best sex that you possibly can because we're young, okay? And we deserve. 
Head over to WooMorePlay.com and use code Cami at checkout for 20% off of the entire site. That's 20% off with code Cami. Enjoy better sex and thank Woo later. You know, obviously we talk about all kinds of different things on here, but there's one particular person who I love and adore who asked for this episode several times. Really? Because she's dealing with something and she really needs some advice. So I want to get to her. Okay. She wants to be anonymous, but she said... Basically, to start, I live with my grandma who has dementia, my parents, and my brother. A lot of times during the day, we have a caretaker that deals with my grandma's confusion and questions, but a lot of the time, she specifically wants to ask me questions constantly. I'm fine with it, but it gets worse at night. My parents want me to be the one to babysit her, quote unquote, while they're working if she has any questions, but a lot of times it gets to be too much. She also wakes up in the middle of the night. And again, I'm the one that ends up having to put her back to bed. And it gets exhausting because I don't get any sleep. I try to talk to my family about it, therapists, friends, everyone but my parents just put the blame on me and tell me to deal with it because we're a family and no one else can relate. I tried talking to my brother about it, but he's extremely abusive. So I try to keep my distance. I've tried to spend all my time at Starbucks until closing just to be away, but I want to be able to be with my family during all of this. I'm only 21. I can't deal with all of this anymore. What mm. do I do? Oh, man. As you even just like listening to this story, like I can, I just get such like a heaviness in my heart because I was imagining being in her situation and it feels so stuck. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest feelings to have in your body is when you feel stuck and when you feel alone. And it sounds like she has both. Yeah. There's nobody that I feel like is an ally that has my back that's checking in to say, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What is, how are you doing? Is this too much? Yeah. And again, feeling like I can't, I can't move. I can't get out of the situation. And that's one of the things that can, that can sink our mood, even into a depression. It can sink our mood is when we feel both lonely and we feel stuck. Yeah. So I would, let's see what we can do. Let's see how we can help you get unstuck. And what are you doing right now to help get yourself unstuck? I would literally like light up the fact that like, I'd be so proud of you. Look at how, I hope you are so proud of yourself. You even just staying at Starbucks is you trying your best to help yourself and take care of yourself. I would start there than anything big, Mm -hmm. right? Because she needs to be able to survive. This is a survival mode. Yeah. It sounds like she has a very strong family system. And again, kind of where we started this podcast when her family table is set. Yeah. Right. And and this is, and they're like, this is what it means to be family. And that's where I'd come in and be like, well, can we challenge what it means to be family? Mm. Just because they have chosen to have grandma in the house. Is that your choice? Mm. Well, where do you have choice? Mm-hmm. Where do you have control? Yeah. Right. And I would start to challenge that. That was what they chose family to look like. If you were to imagine it, would you want family to look like something different? And when someone feels stuck in the moment, I start very small. I start with what do you have control of in your life? Well, I have control of what I'm going to wear. Focus on that. When you pick out your clothes in the morning, I want you to focus in. I get to choose what I'm wearing. I'm going to choose to do this. I'm choosing to get in my car. I'm choosing to go to Starbucks so that you're starting to get that feel of things that you have control of in your life where it feels like a lot of it is out of your control. Mm. So that's where I thought that would not be the end point. But we got to give her back some sense of inner core that feels like it's hers and her yeah. life. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't love grandma. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that you don't love your family. It doesn't mean that you don't love your parents. And like you don't appreciate the fact that you are taking care of this person. And like it doesn't mean that you don't want to provide care. It just means that you have boundaries and you have 
limits and you're a human being and you're tired. Right. And you didn't ask to take on this responsibility. Caretaking is not easy. And I'm sure there are a bunch of people listening who have to be the caretaker of, you know, their parents or their grandparents or their kids. Sometimes you don't want to be the caretaker of your kids, I'm sure. (laughs) That's real. I don't have any kids, but I feel like... Well, let me just tell you, you can be like, dolls, I love you, but I don't like you right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I go, just... Mommy's going to go take a walk. That's right. That's right. With a glass of wine. <laughs> yes, exactly. We will a be bottle. Back. I'll be back when I'm ready. A bottle I'm and a straw. Mommy time. So like just taking care of even when I take care of my dog, some days I don't want to take care of his ass. I love him. Sometimes I don't want to take you out to pee at two o'clock in the morning. Take care of yourself. So the reality (laughs) of a situation like this, and I'm going to be very direct and very blunt, the odds of them changing are nil, Mm -hmm. next to none. The only way that you're probably going to get any kind of change or protection or setting boundaries for yourself, and I love that you said that, I can be caring and loving and still set boundaries. Mm -hmm. I can still say, I love my family, I love my grandma, and this is still not okay, Mm -hmm. or this doesn't work for me. And that is foreign in a lot of cultures. Coming from a Greek culture, now I can be caring and loving and I don't want to hear your opinion. And they're like, yeah, what? What? <laughs> they're like, okay. is that English? So here's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. And we go, yes. right? Yes. And so I under, and having worked in a lot of different cultures, I do a lot of international work, is understanding you have to have a sensitivity for different cultures as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm very sensitive of different cultures. And that was, my mind also went to, I wonder, this sounds like a very strong family unit where there isn't a lot of space for individuality or your opinion or being able to listen. And again, I don't demonize that. I just have a lot of sensitivity for different cultures. Yeah. But what I would encourage to say is, okay, what are our steps? Where's your North Star that you're building either a career or a job or something that will eventually be able to move you out of the home. Because the odds of you being able to be able to speak in a way where you get those boundaries in that home is going to be very hard and very challenging, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can, you can start saying, how do I be caring and loving and set boundaries, right? But you're going to get opposition on all fronts. Yeah. Brother, mom, dad, you're not going to get anybody who's like, yeah, we need to listen to her. Yeah. Yeah. No, especially parents because they're like, you're a kid. One day you're going to want somebody to take care of you. And one day we're going to need somebody to take care of us. And it's like, yeah. And then I'll hire someone. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hire someone whose job that is to do that. That, That's that's right. (laughs) You know, I just had I had a very similar I've had a similar conversations with a client whose sister is severely disabled. Mm. And the mom is basically like, this is your sister. You're going to have to care for her the rest of your life. Mm. And our conversations have been kind of like, there's that that challenging, challenging those, those cognitions, challenging, wait, hold on. That was mom's decision. Yeah. You didn't sign up for it. You didn't have the baby. Yeah. Can I be a caring sister and get to choose what works for me, not what is just thrusted upon me. Yeah. And it feels because that table is set from the beginning, it feels almost like you're being mean, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. Mean, like don't, you can't move the family setting. You can't yeah. move, you can't rearrange the table. These That's, are heirlooms. Yes. This is the family china. Yes. <laughs> You're breaking it, right? No, that's not what we do. That's not what family means. And actually getting down, talk about root work. What does it mean to be family? Mm. And people can have different definitions and I can be caring and loving and still set boundaries. Yeah, yeah. And again, tying it back, it's so hard because it taps in to that young girl. Yeah. She may feel different at work or when she's at at work or in school, but when she's back home, it's almost sometimes like we turn in to a a little girl. Yeah. 
Right? Yeah. Ugh. You know, like you're, I just want to go outside and play. Like I don't want to have to do this all the time. Yes. I don't want to be up with grandma all night. That's and there's right. nothing wrong with that because I think at the end of the day, like it's going to build resentment. And then it's like you've missed time or like maybe there were things that you wanted to do or places you wanted to go and you felt like you couldn't because you had, I've had plenty of people that I know who have had to do similar things and so much resentment is built up at the end of it because they're like, I just wanted to be able to live my life the way that I want to live it and not have this responsibility. That's a big responsibility. Right. Right. And again, with those situations, I know a lot of them myself too. It is a sense of I've lost choice. Yeah. I've lost the ability to choose or have control. Yeah. And it's just a sense of like, this is just the way it is. And that's where I'd kind of go in and be like, wait, hold on, let's challenge that. Mm. Right. Where's our North Star? Where are we heading? Let's have a direction we're heading so we feel like it won't always be this way. And then again, getting really micro, micro elements into what do I have control of now? Yes. Girl, I hope that helped. Thanks for the subject tip. She's been asking on a weekly basis. And I know. But, you know, hearing it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's she's like, tired. That's right. She's on fumes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, somebody help. Like, SOS. Like, she's sending off a flare from inside her house. Yeah. Being like, help. Yeah. As far as just overarching advice. Yeah. What can you tell our listeners about? you know, dealing with toxic relationships. Some people are dealing with relationships that they maybe didn't even write in about that are really traumatic. And, you know, not to negate anyone's trauma. Everyone has their own level of trauma. But right. some people are living with their abusers. And some people are, you know, living with people who, you know, verbally abuse them all the time. And, like, what can you say to them about coping, getting through, communicating, Because I feel like communication is obviously important. Mm -hmm. But when does communicating about your feelings actually become like a bad idea? So, and I love that sense of like overarching advice. I I Mm -hmm. feel like that's when I I don't, I don't run out of things to say. I'm like, oh, open that puppy up. (laughs) We could go another hour. Yes. Um, Believe it or not, it doesn't start with the family relationships. It starts with the relationship with yourself. Because the more I learn how to tend to myself, there's that internal parent I want to grow. I know I've said it five times, but it's so important. And we need to cultivate a voice in us, a part of us that is nurturing and protective, both elements. Just nurturing, our our little girl doesn't feel protected, only protective we don't feel tended to when we're hurt. Mm. And the more I tend to myself, the more I will value my own time and my own voice. And when I learn to value my own time and voice, then I will stop and ask myself first, are they going to even be able to hear me? And if not, then I value myself enough that I'm not going to waste my time using my voice for someone that cannot hear me. And if I am going to say anything, I'm going to say it. So I walk away and be like, girl, we love what you said. Girl, yeah. You lit that shit up. And I am so proud of you. Yes. I have to tell you, I had a moment two months ago where I said something and it was like one of those, like I dropped the match, washed it light up. Yes. And I walked Angela away. Angela Bassett. And I was like, <laughs> I have to tell you, there was music playing and it was a slow strut away. And I'm just... I did it for me. Yeah. I did it for me. And so then the focus isn't trying to get something from the outside. It's about learning. I can get it internally. We need to learn how to self-regulate and co-regulate. But that self-regulate, tending to self is so important. Mm. I still, you know, it was about about maybe 12 years ago. My, my dad passed away this year. Oh. He, it, he had, yeah, he had a, a neurological disease. And, but 12 years ago, he was a very boisterous, loud, gregarious man who also had quite a temper on him. Mm. And I, but I loved, loved my dad. And I still remember 
that big fiery Greek man. I still remember about 12 years ago, the day that I stood up to him. And here I was a grown ass adult with children. And I still remember saying, you know, pop, I love you, but that's not okay. And if you say something like that again, I'm going to walk out of the room. And I have to tell you, I was shaking like yeah. I was five years old. Yes. My little girl in me was like, I can't believe you said that. That's right. That's right. It took it took years of therapy to get to that place where I could say I can be caring and loving and still set a boundary. It's hard with a parent because you have that little girl, that family system is so strong. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to tend to ourselves in a way that I can start to set boundaries with my family as well, to be at Christmas to be at Thanksgiving mm. and to be able to say to my partner, we're going to stay. If there comes a point that I need to say, this is not working, I need to leave, we're going to pick us up and we're going to walk us out. Mm. And mm -hmm. so learning how to set those boundaries with, or be able to communicate and then action to put with it. Yes. Because just because your family doesn't mean you have to sit there and like take every single and hit. Exactly. It's exhausting. Exactly. And like even, you know, in my family, so I have a Jamaican family. And if you have a Caribbean family, I, honestly, any foreign families, <laughs> you know, they just don't have any boundaries. None. With the things that they say, the things that they comment on, yep. it's just like a free for all. It is. And they run hot. They run hot. And like <laughs> when you question it, Everyone else in the family is like, what are you doing? Right. Why are you, why are you going back and forth with grandma? Yeah. You know she doesn't mean it like that. But it doesn't matter how she means it. It matters how I receive it. It matters the impact that it has. Yeah. So love my grandma. You know, she helped raise me. She doesn't listen to this podcast. Thank God. She would never. <laughs> I told her it's called relationships with a P because she was like, I don't believe you. I was like, well, then you know me. But she once made a comment about my weight. Which, not once, I mean, just she's Jamaican. She, yes. Caribbean people, oh. African people, comments about the weight are like a free-for-all. But it doesn't mean you have to take it. Yes. And so she made a comment about my weight. And, of course, the little girl in me was like, I can't believe she said that. I can't believe, can you believe she said that? But we're not going to say anything. We'll just walk away. We'll just walk away. We'll just, like, let her have it. No. The yeah. adult version of me asked her, why is my weight a topic of your conversation Ooh, right now? Oh, I love it. I don't appreciate that. Oh, I love it. And I would rather for my weight and my body to not be a topic of your conversation. My mom was in the <laughs> kitchen, literally washing dishes. And I could, I swear I heard the dish <laughs> in the sink. And she looked back at me like, <gasps> Cameron. And she was like, she looked at, she gave me that look like, yes. please don't do it. And I was like, no. Because yes. she needs to know. Yes. And my grandma even looked, she was like, oh, well, that's not how, you know, I didn't mean it like that. I think some of the most toxic words are, they meant well. Exactly. Oh. Because it doesn't matter it how doesn't they meant matter it. How it doesn't they matter. Meant it. Yes. it matters how I received it. And I didn't like it. Yes. And I was so proud of myself. It was like the match throwing moment. Yes. I was like, I did it. Yes. I stood up to grandma. And, and I can still be caring and loving and adore yes. you and still doesn't mean I need to take every arrow to the chest. Yes. Yes. Right. And I think, I mean, I watched and I watched on TikTok when, because last year was my first year on TikTok. And as the holidays came, I couldn't believe the amount of comments that started saying, help, help, holidays, holidays. Mm. And I was like, oh, here we go. Mm -hmm. Holidays are not the easiest time. People literally get like anxiety and panic attacks over going into their holiday situation. So this is perfect. This sense of how do I be caring and loving and still set boundaries? How do I know if I'm going to go to Thanksgiving, my partner and I, we're going to plan on going for a walk, going to get the ice, going yes. I mean, so I can get breaks from my family. Yes. And if you need breaks so that I'm going into an environment, I don't feel like I'm opening myself up to get creamed. 
you just gave me a podcast idea. You have to come back before the holidays. Love it. You have to help. You have to write that down, Danny. We have to we have to prepare. It's the holiday toolkit. Yes. It's, yes. It's the holiday like safety kit. Because that is the scariest. That's like the trenches. Oh, it is. Which it, holidays are supposed to be the most beautiful time of the year, whatever, a joyous occasion. And it is. But then there's a lot of things that fester up. So you're, you have to come back. Done. We'd Thank love you to. so love much to. for joining us. Can you remind everyone where to find you? Sure. I'm on TikTok. I'm on the podcast on Spotify and Apple, YouTube and Instagram, all the same name. So my mom's a therapist. Pays nod to my two favorite things, which is being a therapist and being a mama, which I love. Oh, I, I love you. I want you it's to be my mom sure. also. I love my mom. We wait. We, we need bonus moms. Anymore. We, we need, need bonus, bonus moms, moms and yes. aunties. And I have them in yeah. my life. And I'm that to so many people too. So yeah. I will sign up to be your bonus. Yes. Mom. Uh, thank you. I'll take all the moms I can get with good <laughs> advice, please. And hugs. Yes. And hugs. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for Happy coming to be back. Here. Thank you so much for listening. You can catch a new episode of Relationship every single Friday. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss any of the action. And I want to hear from you. So please, if you love the show, leave us a review. But by review, you know I only need five stars only. And let us know what you think. Make sure you follow us on socials at Relationship on Instagram and at Relationship Pod on Twitter. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye, bestie.